Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. It's a great honor and privilege to be able to be here today to share the word and allow the Spirit of God to touch our hearts. As we know, this month's uh, topic is identity. And uh, where would you start with the topic of identity? Such a broad topic as with anything else that we share every other month. Jesus is always such a great topic. He's always the center of identity. He's the center of whatever we love. He's the center of forgiveness. He's the center of everything that we do. And uh, it's always hard where to start in these things. But the best place I find to start is through prayer. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your word. And Lord, as your word goes forth this morning, Lord, this day, Lord, let your spirit be alive. Let your spirit be moving each and every one of us. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying through your word. Lord, let me be one that would deliver your word, minister your word in the manner that you intend. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're all identified by something. Everyone has at least one characteristic and or attribute that makes them identifiable. Whether it be a physical or spiritual, we all have certain traits, mannerisms and beliefs that make us different. We all have things that set us apart from each other. I believe many things make up our identity. Some people might recognise us in a different way to our, how others recognise us. Most common ways to me are our physical looks and or voice, even our walk. In a coal mine, I work in a coal mine. And you can tell people coming in the dark with just while they're walking. Yes, they have their lights on, but they walk a certain way. Normally, if someone's walking very slow, it's normally an electrician coming. If uh, someone looks like they're on a skateboard or on a scooter, uh, at our mine in particular, it happens to be the mechanical engineer. You can see him coming a long way off. And, uh, but there might be other ways that we can identify physical things. They're probably too numerous to mention how we identify one another, how we identify, you know, our loved ones and people that we might necessarily struggle with, but we still can identify people in all different ways. And uh, see, part of that physical look can be a uniform that is worn. For example, the police, school children, sporting teams, the list of uh, is endless of physical identification and alignment to certain nations. You know, they have flags, teams and professions. But all that said, it doesn't matter what team, organisation or profession we represent, there is always a certain level of behaviour that is expected. It's no different in God's kingdom. The Bible clearly declares that there is an expectation of those who identify with Jesus to walk the same way that Jesus walked, to walk like him as we represent him. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In other words, if our identity is in Jesus, it has to have credibility. Being an ambassador, representative of Jesus demands by its very nature that we have credibility. That's what I've entitled my message today, Identity with Credibility. I, I looked up some definitions. Here's two of those. Uh, credibility, the quality of being trusted and believed in. The second one, the quality of being convincing 
and believable. These qualities certainly apply to Jesus. And as a believer of Jesus, I am certainly doing my best for these equality to apply to my life as well. We all have that same responsibility. I believe it is my reasonable service as a person who identifies with Jesus that I represent him in a way that is fully pleasing to him, not in a way that's pleasing to me or pleasing to others. It has to be fully pleasing to him. See, the world is full of confusion at the moment and uh, nothing new really. Even in Jesus' time, there was plenty of confusion of who he was. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. And he came, and he didn't come in the way that they thought he would come. So they were still waiting. And even nowadays, some people are still waiting for the Messiah to come. But he's been and gone. But he's coming back again. That's the good news. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times the apostles and his disciples, his followers didn't even know who he was. And uh, he stilled the storm. And they said, who can this be that even the waves obey him? Other times they, they said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And uh, another time when he was talking about being the bread of life that came down from heaven. And uh, many disciples says, I can't, this is too hard. This is too difficult. I'm going to go, you know, they left him. He turned to his apostles and asked them, do they want to go away also? And, he, and he, they said, Lord, to whom can we go? Where can we go? We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You have the words of life. And so there were times when they knew who Jesus was. There were times where they were confused as well. But they came to the point when the Holy Spirit came upon them at the day of Pentecost. There was no confusion then. They knew the words of Jesus became life into them. What he had placed on the inside of them, they came alive and there was no turning back from that day forward. They become, you know, part of, of history. They become part of the living God. You know, our history, our believing, they become part of the way. They become of what we believe in. Preachers of the word, declarers of the word. You know, their anointing that was upon them on the day of Pentecost. That anointing is upon the believers today. It's just up to us to tap into it. It's up to us to rise within our spirit and declare those words of truth. Declare the anointing and uh, not be confused, but know that God is the same, that Jesus is the same today, yesterday and forever, that he will complete the work that he's begun in our lives, that Jesus is alive and moving through his spirit within us. We need to be passionate about the message that we have and not being confused by the message. You know, the world is confused, like I said, in my lifetime. I've never seen so much confusion as there is now. And this confusion is bringing a lot of fear. But if we're in Jesus Christ, we know what Jesus says. You know, Jesus said to seek him, to seek first his kingdom, to seek first his righteousness and all the other things that we worry about, all the other cares and the things of the world, those things that we find necessary will be added unto us if we really need them. But as we seek it, Jesus, as we come into his righteousness, as we believe him, a lot of the things that we believe that we need are only wants. We need to know that we need Jesus above all else and he will supply. See, there's a confusion going around that's bringing a whole lot of fear. There's so many claims of the truth and even more counterclaims of the truth and what is right for us, what is wrong for us. You know, all those things. To me, it's just a lot of jokers all playing the right bower at the same time. 
For those, in other words, for those who don't know the game of euchre, what I mean by that, there's a lot of one-upmanship. There's a lot of people saying, well, I know boats. I know best. I'm not going to listen to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And even we as believers, there would be believers, I'm sure, and I know actually, there's the believers that are confused by the situation. But really, we should be pressing into the Word of God, pressing into the righteousness of the living God. You know, things have changed. And uh, as Pastor Ken has shared with me the other day, he says, the method has, might have changed, but the mission is still the same. Our mission is still the same. Our mission is to seek and save the lost. Our mission is bringing the hope to a fallen and lost world. A, a mission of bringing life where there is no life, hope where there is no hope, truth where they, they only believe where there is truth. And really the lies is coming around people's lives and clouding them. And the, we need to bring stability where there's fear we we've got a message we've got a hope we've got the glory of the living God we've got what the world needs the world needs us the world needs us to rise up get over what we need to get over and start declaring the living the truth of the living God at all times Jesus didn't say that that uh, <laughs> what did he say <laughs> he said he was the truth but see, at the moment, the world is confused what the truth is. It seems to me that the, that the current world's definition of truth is anything you want it to be. But in reality, if we want the, the true and real meaning of truth, we look no further than Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't say that he had the truth. Jesus said he is the truth. There's a difference. He said, I am the way. In John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's saying there's a confined way to, to, of righteousness. There's not a broad way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Confined, narrow is the way that leads to life, resurrection life. He's placed it on the inside of us. And we, the believers, we that have Jesus Christ, we that have the Holy Spirit are the ones that are, are to rise up and declare the word of truth with righteousness, declare the word of truth with all boldness, not counting the cost, not minding the cost we are the ones that God has called at this time he's called us to fight the good fight of faith he's called us the Hebrews eleven six says you know it's impossible to please God without faith those who come to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him we are called to diligently seek the living God we won't please God we won't be fully pleasing to the living God unless we you know seek him and unless we rise in faith and declare the words of truth Declare the life of the living God. Uh, we have something exciting. You know, it's been placed upon us. We need just to have that passion and that zeal. If we don't believe it, we won't preach it. We've got to be declarers of the truth. We know our identity is in Jesus Christ. If we don't know who our identity is, or if we don't know who Jesus Christ is, I mean, we won't know who our true identity is. He is our true identity. That's who we are in Jesus Christ is who we really are. We belong to him. We've been bought with the price of his own blood. You know, Jesus is on the inside of us through his spirit. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And you know, I praise God that Jesus is alive. You know, he is the truth. <laughs> See, Jesus is not declaring that he's a theory. 
He's not declaring that he's an opinion. He's not declaring that he has a biased belief. He's declaring it as a fact. I am the truth, he said. I am the way. I am the life. I am the light. I am the resurrection. It's a declaration of who he is. And if we're in him, we can declare the same thing. We can declare who we are in Jesus Christ. There's a long list of who we are in Jesus Christ. We're called to be vessels, vessels of honor, vessels of righteousness, vessels of faithfulness. We're not called to be showboats. We're called to be vessels working for Jesus Christ, bearing fruit worthy of repentance, you know, bringing hope into a lost and falling world. You know, we are, we are something that Jesus called us to be. We don't say that with a pride, with proud or, pride or arrogance. It's say that with a truth. Can we imitate You know, can people imitate us as we imitate Christ? That's the challenge for us. And we won't do it if we don't believe the truth. We believe that Jesus is that truth, that he is that way. Praise God. Praise the living God that he's called us to righteousness. He's called us to be vessels. See, if our identity is in Jesus, the only way we'll have credibility, especially with God, is if we believe and declare it. Not be silent believe and declare with a passion and a zeal, Jesus is the only truth. That should make us all feel good, that Jesus is the only truth. We don't have to be, you know, the world is not spoilt for choice. It's confused by choice. There's too much choice of who who declares to be the truth. Jesus is the truth. He has resurrection life and it's his to give. He's the only founder of any religion, that any belief that people would have. He's the only founder that declares that he has resurrection life. Why? Because he has it to give. Because he rose from the dead. Because he has life. He can give life. He's the only founder of any religious religious, uh, organization or whatever wants of better words, any believers... He's the only one that claims to still be alive. That's why he can give resurrection life, because he has it, because he's real, because he is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. He is the hope. Praise God for Jesus, that he was obedient. You know, we've got to live our life like we actually believe it. That's the challenge as a preacher all the time. You know, it's quite easier much easier to preach the word than it is to live the word but that's the challenge that's what the holy spirit brings around our life he brings around that desire to be fully pleasing to god to please him no matter what to please him no matter who looking no matter who we believes looking jesus uh, the holy spirit you know god is omnipresent he's looking all the time it's the challenge that who we are is who we are when anyone's looking or not looking it's who we are in Jesus Christ and we're declarers of the truth, declarers of that righteousness. See, one of the best encouragements I've ever had since I've become a believer, since I've become a Christian, came as a criticism. And uh, Elizabeth, my wife and myself were told we were fundamentalists and I rejoiced. (laughs) I thought, you beauty, my believing in Jesus, my preaching Jesus is actually getting through. You know, the simple message of salvation is actually what I'm, you know, what I'm sharing. It's actually people think it's too simple. 
Why make it complicated if it's not? You know, we're exchanging our life that leads to death for Jesus' death that leads to life. That's how simple it is. But we need to live like that we've had, there has been an exchange. We need to live our life like we have made a promise, that we have put on the new man, that we have put off the old one, which grows corrupt according to its lust, that we put on the new man, the new man that was created in the image of the living God, the man that, you know, that's how God created us in the first place. But there was an interruption. We put the new man back on. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we accept him as our Lord, you know, easily. No, sorry, we accept him as our Saviour more easily than we do as our Lord. We need to accept him as Lord and Saviour. We accept him as, you know, we make a covenantal relationship. We come into a covenantal relationship. We make an agreement with God. There's an exchange. Lord, I'm fed up with my old life. It was no good. You know, I was leading on the, I was on the path of destruction. Uh, yes, Jesus, I asked you to come into my life and I put on you. I put on the robes of righteousness. I put on your, your, your faith. I put you on, Jesus. You know, that's the promise that we make. Do we do that physically? No, it's a spiritual exchange, but it's manifested in our physical walk. You know, we need to be ones that say, yes, we're spiritual. We're in a spiritual fight. We're doing a spiritual battle, but, and I'm walking in the, in, the, in the physical way, but I'm not walking in the flesh. I'm walking in the spirit according to the living God. That's what we've, you know, that's what we called to do, called to be, just believe in God fundamentally. We have a fundamental message. Believe in God. Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. You know, I am the resurrection. You know, he went to heal Jairus' daughter and he said, you know, she's not dead as you suppose. She's only sleeping because he had the power. He knew that he could raise her from the dead. You know, he called Lazarus forth from the grave. He was there four days and the natural, you know, his sister said, oh, Lord, he's going to be a stench. He's been in there four days. But he said, no, just come forth, come forth. You know, Peter wanted to get out of the water when the storm was around, get out of the boat, onto the water. Yeah, just come. Lord, if it's you, come. Bid me to come. He said, come. And Peter did. You know, how simple are those things? Simple faith. We look for the complicated message sometimes. The simple message is that we are sinners that are in need of repentance and we need a saviour and Jesus Christ is that saviour. He is that redeemer. He is that deliverer and he is that healer for all of our hurts. That's the simplicity of the gospel. It's just up to us to receive the message of the gospel and don't overcomplicate it, to put on the new man. I just want to finish in... um, What's it called? I wrote it down here somewhere. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness, cleanliness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. That's not the Christ that we have learned. 
He's not like that. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. We've been called to righteousness, people. We've been called to put off the old man and put on the new man and, uh, and be renewed in the, in the spirit of our mind. Renewed. You know, resume after an interruption. I know I've shared this many times before, but the definitions of renew, revive, make new again, restore to the original state, resume after an interruption. See, mankind, there was an interruption. When Adam and Eve sinned, there was an interruption in the Garden of Eden with that relationship with the living God. But Jesus, God sent forth Jesus to build that bridge again to make that way again. And that's what he's done. If you're watching this message and you haven't invited Jesus into your heart, you haven't invited Jesus into your life to be Lord and Saviour, you can do so right now. Just ask him in. I, you just use the words, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, help me to walk the way that you want me to walk. Help me have a, a walk worthy of repentance. Help me follow your ways and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with the zeal and the passion and the anointing of the living God. So if that's you today and you have not yet asked Jesus into your heart, please do so. You know, the world says that we... You know, that Jesus was this, was that, was something else. The Word of God says he's the Son of the living God. And he was crucified and he was died. And he, he, was, he died and he was buried and he rose again to give us resurrection life. That's the simplicity. And all he asks for us is to repent and ask him into our heart. So if that's you today, please do so. We'll just finish up there and, and allow the Spirit of God just to minister into your lives. Thank you for your attention this morning. Amen.